Hi everyone, welcome to the Dreaming in the Hollow podcast. I'm your host, Diana Gonzalez Hansen, and I'm so excited to share this wonderful podcast episode with you today on healing in the dream time with Eric Tyrone. Eric is a dream time and mindfulness coach and the creator of the Get Woke in Your Dream Time Masterclass. Prior to becoming a professional Dreamtime coach, Eric ran a nonprofit called Awakening Through Art, founded a mindfulness app, and was a co-facilitator of a nationwide meetup called Eco Tuesday. Eric has 15 plus years of studies in yoga, meditation, mindfulness, energy medicine, and shamanism, and now teaches students around the world to use their dreams as a healing and transformational tool. I'm so grateful that Eric reached out to me across the globe to have this wonderful conversation where we talk about tools and techniques and history um, and the mystery and the incredible healing that happens around the dream time. Make sure to check out the show notes so you can find more about Eric and all of the links to what he's up to. And I hope you enjoy the show. Sending love to you all. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about the dream time. Hi, Diana. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That and geek out with you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so just to start, I was hoping that you could describe to the listeners where you are and how things are going in your area, considering the state of the world right now. Yeah, I'm in a little island called Copenhagen, Thailand. So it's a little Thai island. And I've been, a, I've been here before the whole global situation started happening. Um, and I really lucked out as far as places to be during this time. It definitely was a more relaxed place because it's an island. It was easier for them to, you know, take measures to kind of lock everything down before it, before it escalated. So life was here with more chill. Uh, there were definitely days where I felt a little guilty having such a relaxed life during such, such a time, but still very much connected to it because my family's in, you know, one of the hot states in the East Coast. So um, definitely very real for me still, despite being... Uh, a bit disconnected in that way. Uh, it still affects us here. We still have the same rules, you know, mask, less mandatory. Although at the time recording this, things are picking up again. It might be mandatory again. Uh, events started happening two weeks ago again, like full-sized events. However, again, those might be shutting down again, but um, it's, it's up in the air. As far as my visa goes, because here it's very limited on your visa, you know, you get a few months, but I've been here for nine months because I got an automatic extension due to the global situation. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a topic discussed, despite us being a little distant from it, um, but it's, it's definitely discussed and, and still felt. And, and it has impacted me like, um, you know, four months ago, I had planned to leave Thailand, or just when this was starting, whenever that was a few months ago, uh, and to go to Virginia to visit my family. Um, however, you know, I didn't want to go traveling during this time through the airports at the peak and it was all just starting to unfold. I just felt better to just stay put. So that's why I've stayed here. But it did affect my travel plans and 
And then after that, I plan to go to other places, but then their borders are closed, Bali and Australia. So here I am. And that's, that's kind of been my experience personally here on this little tiny island. Wow, that's amazing. So at this point, you don't know how long it will be until they open the borders or let you fly back to the U.S. possibly? Technically, I could fly back to the U.S. However, when I go to the U.S., that's not where I, uh, when I go to the East Coast, Virginia, that's not where I live. I haven't lived there in a long time. It's just where my family is. It would just be a visit. At the moment, my home base is where I am in Thailand. Before this, it was Bali. So I've been remote for a little bit now. Um, when I do sit up home, it's in Hawaii. And that's where my last long-term house was in the U.S. Uh, I just don't want to subject my family to, you know, traveling and COVID and, uh, you know, where yeah. I stay with my, my visit is with my grandparents who are older. And, um, so, yeah, it's definitely had a big impact on me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole new way of thinking about everything. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm so happy to have you on here because your specialty is really working in the dream time and even offering tools on healing um, in the dream time, which is, I think, a really powerful place to find healing, right? Yeah. Our dreams are an untapped resource. And I just want to go up to everyone on the street and shake them gently. But are you listening to your dreams? Like, did you know that every night you're getting wisdom? So it's, it's an untapped resource, an untapped healing and transformation modality. And we have access to it every night. And no dreams are random. Like when you have a dream of you're wielding, wielding an axe with a wolf, you know, it's not just because you watched Game of Thrones. It's because that imagery from Game of Thrones or whatever you just watched before bed is evoking some feeling, something that's connected to your present life. Um, so even those dreams are not random. So could you describe to the listeners uh, what it is you offer? And even if you could, you know, how you ended up coming to this incredible work that you do. Yeah. As, so my title would be a dream time coach. I uh, sometimes put dream time and mindfulness coach in the two specialties. Uh, dream time being you know, teaching others to use their dreams as a transformational and healing tool, a transformational and healing modality. Great. And so how, did you say how I came to do this as well? Yeah, just maybe a little bit about your journey and how, like, what led you to this unique work? Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild when something just, you just realize all of a sudden you're doing something that you never expected. Uh, and that's with this as well. However, when I look back at my life, I see that this has been a primary thread through my life is dreams. Now, ever since I was really young, single digits in age, I, dreams stood out to me as something that caught my attention that I remembered. I have some dreams from childhood that I still remember to this day. Uh, when I was in my early teens, I started, I found my first dream book. First and actually only dream book I've read, surprisingly, uh, was in my early teens. And then from there, um, you know, I started to actively understand them and, and translate them and use them as tools. And, and on and off throughout my life, throughout my teens, and then I'd forget about it for a bit, but I always came back to it and keeping a dream journal and had stacks of dream journals. And yeah, and ultimately one day it just, I found myself, you know, getting frustrated with just working a job I didn't like 40 hours a week or more. And it just felt like there had to be more. 
And, and in that reflection, this, in this one particular moment I had, I had these flashes, these visions flashed in my mind's eye of mystical experiences or unexplainable experiences I had had through my life, that throughout my whole life, they all flashed. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to investigate this more. I'm going to look into spirituality and religions. And at that, at that point, I had not. I decided to proactively go online and do like research and watch documentaries and read books. And, and I got tuned into all these, you know, basically spirituality in general, uh, which ultimately led me, led me to studying shamanism, uh, Reiki, energy medicine, and meditation, yoga, mindfulness. And that sent me down that whole path was that one moment of frustration with living the life that I thought I had to live. And, and that whole time dreams being a tool that I used throughout my whole life uh, for motivation, empowerment, and gaining wisdom. Mm -hmm. And do you think um, the other modalities that you worked on and, and learned and obtained um, helped you like shape this path? Uh, they definitely did. So, um, so not just interpreting dreams, it's the energy medicine or Reiki energy, energy healing. Um, energy medicine is just a fancy term. And it also gives it more credibility, which it should have. Uh, so en energy healing and shamanism have played huge roles. And just meditation, mindfulness studies, and yoga, uh, all that has played a role and is distilled into what I teach now uh, through dreaming. Mm -hmm. And so you typically work with folks in, in the waking life about their dream time. Is that right? I, yes, that's right. Yeah. I run online programs, um, you know, four week long courses where we have, have a group, we have dream circles, dream sharing circles, and we have course materials and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then also, you know, I have had people, I don't have memory of this personally, but there is someone told me a term recently, I think it's called like a night worker. I don't know where that term came from, it's an official term, but I had just heard it recently, but for years I've had people tell me that I was teaching them in, my, in their dreams. And, and often in our dreams, like there'll be an aspect of ourself that we're choosing not to remember certain experiences in our dreams. And for me, I don't have memory of teaching people in their dreams, but I've had countless people tell me. And it's, it's interesting though. And I connect, when, I, when they say that, I, I don't doubt it because it's just my, my nature. Yeah, I've had, um, I like that term, the night worker. Um, I've never heard that before. I have also had um, dear friends and clients um, and close contacts that were working with me or in, in the waking life, kind of reaching out to me, wanting me to interpret their dreams or just talk, you know, get some support. Um, and in the following uh, nights, they dreamt that I came to them and did some shamanic work so like extraction and um some other healing work to them and had the had the most lucid description it was such beautiful dreams and of course i had no memory of it <laughs> but um it definitely opens up like the portal in your mind about how interconnected we are and how there really is no barrier in a sense um, with what we can do in terms of helping and supporting each other and, and other dimensions, I'll just say, um, other than this one. 
That's right. Yeah. And we can have our, you know, at, at our multiple forms that we have our energetic bodies and in waking life and in the astral or dream life, like we can be in multiple places at the same time, have multiple experiences. Mm-hmm. And now the cool thing too, like science starting to modern science, like catching up with like ancient wisdom that people have known, ancients have known for a long time. And one being what I was just referencing that we can be in two places at once, even though we may not be fully aware of this other aspect of ourselves that's helping people in dreams. But science has now shown that like we can have an electron and have that very same electron appear on the moon and then also appear in a lab on earth. And it's the same one. It's not that there's two separate ones. When they make any change to another one, it instantly changes the other one simultaneously. It's the same electron appearing in two places. And science has actually done this. They've proven this. And so that's right there. It's like non-locality, uh, call it teleportation, whatever you want to call it, but existing in two places at once. And, and there's no distance or time in the reaction of change. Um, so incredible. I love like ways that connects to spiritual concepts. Yeah, it's so refreshing <laughs> to have the validation. Um, but if that's like astral travel, maybe that's another word for it, what it's been called in the past. Yeah, definitely. I speak of astral travel a lot because uh, with dreaming and lucid dreaming, there isn't much difference between lucid dreaming and astral travel. Uh-huh. So that was my yeah. next question for you, too, is to talk about lucid dreaming a little bit and maybe... Um, I feel like, you know, or my viewers have sort of heard the, the common terms or definitions about it, but it's so much deeper than that. And so I'd, I'd love to, to talk about that a little bit more with you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, one, one little thing I like to add before I start talking about lucid dreaming is just that um, when people ask what I do and I share, and I'm a dream time coach, and say, oh, lucid dreaming. So everyone goes straight to lucid dreaming because that's what we think about. However, because our modern culture has been disconnected from dreams as a whole, um, we, don't, we don't actively use them, very few of us, um, that when we think of lucid dreaming, it's just like, just go fly. But dreams are more than just entertainment, to just go fly. They're the full of wisdom. So I just like to say lucid dreaming is just the tip of the iceberg of the whole world that you can discover of dreams. Um, but lucid dreaming is a lot of fun. So I love to do it myself and I love to get other people doing it too. Um, and with lucid dreaming, you know, and, and astral travel, just to give a quick little sample on the difference, lucid dreaming happens when you're asleep, you're in your, your sleep, and then you're dreaming, you realize that you're dreaming. Astral travel, you're usually awake and you initiate, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to go astral travel. It's just initiated while you're awake. But in your dream time, you wake up in a dream, you can decide to go travel somewhere. You could go visit somewhere real, tangible in existence. And there's been studies with astral travel and lucid dreaming that have had people, let's say, mutual dreaming. The term is mutual dreaming. That's where two people will share the same dream and they'll describe the exact same thing. And a lot of times only one person will remember, like we were just discussing with our experiences, a lot of times just one person. But in the studies, there have been numerous people that have both remembered, recalled exactly what happened to to the T. There's also been you know, studies where people that don't know each other have visited the same location, which we'll call the astral realm. So they're in their sleep, they're in the dream, but somewhere in some astral realm, non-physical realm. And 
they describe numerous people have described the same things like you know just like if you go to your local cafe and you're like oh there's a sign here and then they've got balloons here and they've got cakes here you know i'm just using that as a funny example but they they've described the exact same thing that this place doesn't change this isn't just some subconscious creation of your mind this is a real place that anyone can go to and it's going to be the same it's an actual place in existence and so in our dreams, we're, for one, discovering our inner subconscious world, but we can also visit real tangible places in existence at the same time. Yeah, my mother and I used to do that. We'd wake up and have the same dream. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, she's it, a... house, you said at the time? Yes. Often it happens when you're in close proximity, but that's not a, that doesn't mean it has to be, but often. Yeah, yeah it makes sense that it would be. Um, and so for folks, because I have um, clients and friends who really are having difficulty with dream recall um, and want to experience lucid dreaming, but aren't quite getting there. Um, do you have clients like that? And if you do, um, are there some things that you offer them to help, like some practices or tools? Yeah, because I actually hear a lot from people that they say, like, I, I don't dream. Like people will say they don't dream. But just as we all breathe, we all dream. We just don't always remember them. Um, so there are tips that can get you remembering your dreams more often and more of them, uh, even if you haven't been remembering them at all. Um, so should I go ahead and share some of those right now? Please, yeah. Uh, the first one is dream, a dream journal, to have a dedicated dream journal. I like to say a dedicated dream journal because you might have a regular journal, but by having one that's dedicated to dreams, you're going to put it by your bed, by your nightstand, on your nightstand, and you're going to see that when you go to bed, either consciously or subconsciously, you're going to register that there's, that's my dream journal. You know, just you're giving yourself a physical trigger to see, to, to remind you. Uh, then also when you wake up, you're going to see that dream journal there. So that just having the dream journal alone is like you taking a step forward and saying, I want to start remembering my dreams. It's just like an action you've taken. Once you start actually writing your dreams, you wake up, it's easy to just, I'm too tired. I just want to get on with my day. But just take a quick moment, write down your dream. The more you do that, the more dreams you start to remember. It builds on itself. Uh, so dream journal. Uh, the next one is just simply setting intentions, you know, just setting the intention before going to bed. Uh, and you can even make an affirmation for yourself. Just kind of say it as you go to sleep. Like, I love remembering my dreams when I wake up in the morning. Or I love remembering and recording my dreams when I wake up in the morning. Or I would love a dream about blank. Or I would love a dream with some clarity around this. So you can even ask specific, set intentions for specific dreams to receive information around. And, and just stick with it. And you can even use that for creativity. Um, Paul McCartney from the Beatles, he didn't do this intentionally, but he did get the song Yesterday. Yesterday, all my dreams. Yeah, yeah. I said all my dreams, I changed the words. But I <laughs> all my troubles seem so far away. That song, the melody for that song, he got in a dream. So I've personally actually actively asked my dreams for songs and creativity because uh, I do write songs and I've received them. So it's like this dreams is this infinite playground that you have access to. Um, so, okay, so there's dream journal, setting intention. 
You can also do a water ceremony. Some of us like to do little ceremonies, uh, similar to a cacao ceremony. If you've ever done one of those, you hold the cacao, but, but in this case, we're gonna hold a cup of water to our heart before bed. And you're gonna set an intention. You know, I love remembering my dreams or I love a dream around this. And you send that intention into the water, just like crystals are known to store information, scientifically known, water can also store information. Uh, and most of us have seen those photos of the, the frozen water when you set certain intentions into the water. Um, so it just shows that water does hold intentions. So set the, send your intention into the water and then drink that intention and then just know that it is so. Uh, I used to do that actually. That's the one thing that I remember from that one book I read when I was 14 on dreams was this water ceremony. It came from that book. I don't know what it was, but it came from that book. And wow. that very first, I did do that back then when I first read that book and it was working for me. Um, you, know, you can just drink a little bit of water if you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. But actually one of the dream hacks is to actually drink a little bit more water than you would normally uh, to actually purposely have yourself wake up in the middle of the night. Because when you wake up in the middle of the night, you usually have fresh recall of your dreams. Mm -hmm. In that case, a little trick, I just had someone come to me recently and, and shared that she woke up in the middle of the night three times and recorded her dreams, but she turned on the light, it was a whole process. She said she woke up feeling so unrested and like that's not sustainable. So what you can do instead of turning the lights on and waking up too much is to use your phone's voice memo and set you just use that record record your dream just mumble it the best you can while you're halfway asleep and then write it down in the morning in your journal that's a nice little hack mm -hmm. yeah makes it easy yeah voice memo another one i like to touch on is alcohol drugs and marijuana so these substances can suppress REM sleep. REM, it stands for random, rapid eye movement. Some people call it random, but rapid eye movement. And that's that time when you might see your dog or cat and their eyes are closed, but they can see their eyes are moving around really fast. That's, they're, they're dreaming. Yeah, their legs are moving, they're barking or meowing, which is the equivalent of them talking in their sleep. <laughs> That's REM sleep. So these substances can suppress REM sleep. And there is a Dreams and Nightmares Lab, which is an actual uh, research, was a research that they were doing called the Dreams and Nightmares Lab at the facility. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> I think they could maybe do some rebranding with the name, but <laughs> uh, that, that they found that with alcohol, it suppressed REM sleep. And then when REM did happen, that dream time sleep would usually happen just before waking up and would be super intense and usually always nightmares, like most of the time. Um, and also with marijuana, it's people often will not remember their dreams. However, it is still possible to you know, enjoy your little smoke and, and still remember your dreams. However, you might need to give it with, with any substance, alcohol even, if you're having wine at night, whatever it is, you might need to give it a few days, like start with three days, take a pause, and give your dreams time to come back, some space to come back. If, it, if the dreams don't return after three days, just give it a few more days, just wait. I had a friend say, my, you know, my dreams haven't returned after three days, like, oh, I'm not remembering them, so just give it a little longer. A couple days, literally maybe about two days later, she contacted me so excited, she's like, I'm remembering my dreams again. 
they came back. And then you can reintroduce your evening wine or your evening smoke, whatever it is, and, and likely still stick to that dream, but it'll be personal for you to kind of dance with that. Um, but that yeah. often needs to just clear the space for a little bit. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, for someone like me, who's just an avid dreamer, I mean, it's constant. And then, you know, at a certain time of the month when my cycle's coming, the dreams get more amplified and actually even, um, it's interesting, it's like uh, past life or current life trauma dreams start rising up. Like it's just such a difficult night. So actually I turn to uh, medical cannabis, particularly an indica strain for those nights when I just want to sleep and I know that these trauma or PTSD dreams are coming. Um, and I'll just have a little bit and I'll sleep really deeply. And typically I won't have any dreams. I might, but they'll be pretty mellow and, and not bothersome. So it's interesting. Yeah. So it depends on what you're, yeah, what you're going for at that time. And sometimes, yeah, you just need to get some nice rest. And so that can be helpful actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little support. <laughs> um, I'm also wondering, have you done uh, dream work with crystals and minerals before? Uh, let's see. Well, crystals and mineral, minerals, well, with dream herbs. So like, um, we can come back to crystals and minerals, but we have dream herbs, which is also another tip to remember your dreams. So like chamomile, which like you said, like the indica, it's chamomile helps you to relax, which can just help you to, yeah, just it actually helps with dreaming. Uh, Wayusa, so the Ashwar people um, in the Amazon uh, to this day use Wayusa tea. They drink it as a tea in the morning to help with their dreams at night. Um, and uh, mugwort is another one. There's a bunch of them out there you can research online, but dream herbs, you can just look up dream herbs. Uh, the fancy Greek word is onirogens, oniros meaning dream, and gen is to create, so herbs that create dreams. Uh, and then with crystals, you know, crystals you could also do because as I mentioned, like crystals store information. Uh, and so a lot of people listening might know that and have worked with crystals to program them. Um, so you can set intentions for specific dreams uh, and put it into your crystal and put it under your pillow in that way. Yeah. And anything specific you had in with uh, crystals and minerals? Well, just an experience. A really interesting experience I had because I have been around and used crystals all my life. It's my family, all the women in my family kind of brought that tradition to me. Um, but it never occurred to me that they, ha they hold memory. I mean, just as water, why wouldn't they? Um, but it just didn't occur to me. And I had purchased um, a smoky quartz was that was rutilated with some tourmaline in it. And um, I was just really drawn to it. So I purchased it and brought it home. And I put it next to my bedside um, before I went to sleep. And I had this wild, lucid, intense, uncomfortable dream about this man-eating plant. And it was really large. And it was in this kind of forest that I didn't recognize and had never been before. But when I woke up, I came to waking time with a name. And I can't remember it now, but I uh, was motivated to do some research. <laughs> so at work the next day, I had a quiet moment and I got on Google and Googled the name and then just added man-eating plant just to see if anything would come up. And sure enough, 
I found this really old article from the, I think the late 1800s maybe. Uh, it was like an archived um, typed up newspaper, you know, that really old, <laughs> old kind. And it had a story that was written by a man who was a journalist at the time about the discovery of a man-eating plant. And wow. the name that I came with from the dream was the name of the town that the man-eating plant was discovered in. And the, it just so happens to be the last name of the man who was the journalist that wrote the article. <laughs> I, I was alone in my office and I remember just sitting there going, oh my God, I have nobody to tell this to. This is, I was going to understand this, you know? Um, but I felt, yeah, it was really um, a special connection. I felt like the crystal was sharing its memory with me, just giving some information. Yeah. Did you make any connections to that place and the plant for you? Or was it just, you just think it came from the crystal? I just assumed it came from the crystal. And then I, I did a little more research on that kind of crystal. And it does typically come from Australia. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who knows how old the crystal is? Or, you know, at one time it must have been there and it must have retained some kind of, I, mean, I don't know. It's so fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, we can access so much information in, in the dream time, like, I mean, all the time, but dreams is a, is a nice place where our ego mind is out of the way where we can more easily access like that kind of like, quote unquote, like psychic information. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I love it. I think it's a wonderful place to be just kind of stepping aside from the, from the monkey mind, you know, and opening yourself up to, to some beautiful things. Um, yeah. Go ahead. If we're okay in this part, I can just share a couple of things. Like yes. that reminds me of precognition dreams or psychic dreams. And I, I've often had people come to me and, and had these myself too, where you have something in your dream that you then later look up and you realize it's a real thing. Maybe it's something you didn't, you hadn't heard of before. Or um, one story is uh, uh, someone through Instagram actually shared this story that she had a dream of a bowl of golden pendants um, and they were of roses, little gold pendant roses. It was a bowl of them. That day when she woke up from that dream, a friend she hadn't talked to in a long time called her on FaceTime video and her friend is wearing a gold rose pendant just like in her dream she had just had the night before. She took a screenshot of her FaceTime so I and sent it to me on Instagram so I could see it myself. I saved the picture and I sometimes share it. Um, yeah, so she shared that and she was like a little freaked out by it. So often people are freaked out when these little things happen when, when, when you're new to them, but then it just becomes part of your everyday life, you know, and it becomes normal. Um, I'll share one quick wild story where this was a precognition dream. This is back in 2006. I worked a customer service job in San Francisco and I had a dream that I was a NASA astronaut and I was in the space shuttle just above earth in the atmosphere and orbiting earth and outside of the window I see three spaceships three classic disc silver spaceships outside of my now NASA window in the dream now I wake up go about my day do my meditation go to work and I have a few minutes before my shift starts 
And so I open up my computer and I see on Yahoo News, it said breaking news, NASA STS-115, it's a flight number. Uh, <laughs> I'm a dork, so I remember this. STS-115 landing delayed due to unknown objects. And it was happening in real time as I'm here still at the moment that I'm discovering this news. And in the, the videos, there were three, it was during the day too. So these three white, they were white probably reflecting the sun, but just three glowing objects in triangle formation, like in my dream, alongside the space shuttle. And they, you know, they were saying it was debris, <laughs> often what they say. Um, but anyway, so that, that was an interesting dream. And what I like to say about precognition dreams like this is this dream didn't happen for me to go call NASA and tell them, oh, it's just UFOs, they're friendly, you know, you can land. You know, it wasn't for me to take any action, but it was to show me the magic of life. And there are often little winks from the universe, like, like the, the woman with the gold pendant. Like that was just a wink from the universe to just push us more towards the direction of believing in ourselves and believing in, in just the magic of life. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's really, it really is magical. So um, the last time we spoke, you seem to have like some knowledge around like more ancient or cultural stories around dream work. Is that right? I'm just curious about, about that. Yeah, yeah. I like to share like you know, ancient history inspired by dreams and pop culture as well, because it, uh, just to get through the power of our dreams. So well, one being the Egyptian word for dreams is Raswet. If anyone's Egyptian and knows how to pronounce that, you know, please find me and let me know. I haven't found, I have an Egyptian friend, but even he checked with his family, they just haven't really got that information to me. But anyway, so the Egyptian word for dreams is Raswet, which means to be awake. So the Egyptian word for dreams means to be awake. And the Egyptians saw that when we're asleep, our eyes are opened, and that in our dream time, we have access to see behind the veil of the 3D world, behind the veil that we had access to prior to incarnating in this current life. And ancient cultures around the world, you know, carved stories about dreams in stone. So if you're taking the time to carve something in stone, it's usually pretty important. And ancient Egypt and ancient Greece had what are called dream temples. Uh, some people also call them sleep temples, but they were a healing temple, but they called them dream temples, where dreams were the primary modality that they looked at. They would have a patient come in with whatever illness or whether it's mental or physical, and they would analyze their dreams to help find what modalities and what healing needed to take place but they would use their dreams as the tool to, for healing in these temples in ancient Egypt and Greece. They also did other healing modalities within these temples too. Uh, one being baths, so baths are healing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also um, traditional Chinese medicine and their view on dreams is that dreams are showing us, are guiding us to bring our yin and yang back in balance, our masculine and feminine qualities back in balance. So. That is a whole other layer of dreaming you can do, or you can actually even find the feminine masculine qualities in it. There's so many layers you can go with in a dream. Uh, it's not necessary to go that deep into it, but you can, as far as the, you know, analyzing the symbolism in a dream. Uh, let's see, uh, the 
another culture. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm just, there's, there's so many, it's just to pick, pick a couple, but yeah. I'm curious what you, um, if anything comes up around, you know, the ancient practice of, um, dream circles and dream sharing and, and why they did that or what came of that. It seems like it was such an important thing to have, you know, the, the, the group of dreamers sharing with each other and communicating with, with each other about their dreams for insight. Yeah. So like various native American tribes, um, like I mentioned the Ashwar people as specific in the Amazon. Um, and then some, also some tribes in Africa used dreams. Uh, they saw dreams as a way to overcome fears, personal challenges, but also as guiding for the community, for their community. So they would share their dreams or some still do share their dreams for the purpose of seeing if there's guidance and wisdom to be shared with the community to help guide the community's um, future. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, I forget what part of the world this was in, but there was this king, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but there was a, this king required people, you know, how can you keep track of this, but he required people to share their dreams. If they had any dreams that might pertain to the community or just life and as a whole to they, they like you must come share your dreams so just dreams were just seen as important and in various cultures you know like that was like a european culture that when i'm speaking of i just again forget where it comes from um but yeah multiple cultures use it for personal and um their community and their tribe mm -hmm. I, I find that nowadays people tend to be hesitant or have some fear around sharing their dreams. Have you experienced that in your work? Yeah, yeah especially some, some like nightmares or scary dreams or horrific dreams. Like some people are a little bit more shy to share those. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's like we're all the same. We really are. We, we're all having these wild, crazy, dark even dreams. And it's, it's, it's normal, it's okay. We're, we're plugged into a collective consciousness where every type of thing exists and you know we're, we're going to experience that and but these nightmares it's just giving space and taking a step back from nightmares and, and bad dreams in a sense of not identifying with them so much and not being frightened by them and just knowing that they're just there to teach you it's just see it as a movie that's an educational movie and the feeling is the healing so it's what the feeling that the dream is evoking for you is where your healing is. So if it is a bad dream, it's, it's like what often those are fear, but you tune in for yourself and see what feelings that I have in that dream and thoughts even, um, and then see where that's connecting to your waking life. It might be something that you're already conscious of. Oh, I'm just stressed because this thing is coming up at work, you know, or, or I'm worried about this. So you'll likely be able to connect it to something in your waking life, and that's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe a simple example of that could be, you know, mothering children and having those terrible nightmares that moms tend to have when their kids get hurt. And maybe that's just really about, you know, worrying, the worry of keeping your children safe. That's right. And so in that example like that would be to, okay, what do I need to, to not worry about that so much, to like to soothe that part of me that does worry, like to nurture that part that does worry. Um, so that's why it's those nightmares. We want to address 
all of them, like it's pointing out some stress or anxiety and that's for the purpose that you can address it. It's showing you that it's there and it's active, running as, as a predominant thought pattern and belief within you so you can address it and move beyond it. Yeah, so, so helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, if it's not clear, um, just relaxing around it and just ask for a dream for clarity. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I also think this practice really connects you with yourself a little bit deeper, you know, and there's like a self-love that, that kind of arises that maybe was needed or needed more, or maybe wasn't there before, just in the practice of turning to your own personal dream time, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. our, our dreams are like receiving, I, I don't know why I go to the, I go to this like, video game kind of mentality because i grew up with video games you know some of the early ones uh but you could have like a cheat sheet or some cheat code you know in in the sense of just giving you a code to help you progress in the game better and that's what our dreams are we're getting you know this little cheat sheet or codes uh to help us with our next day when we wake up to help us be more fully who we really are uninhibited and limitless yeah that's so wonderful so Now's a perfect time to just take a little break. And when we come back, uh, dive into uh, reviving guidance from spirit guides. Awesome. Sounds wonderful. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Be right back, everybody. Okay, everybody. We're back with Eric talking about the dream time. And I was hoping we can get right into what visitation dreams are. And I love that we both call it the same thing. <laughs> That's I, don't, right. yeah. I don't think I've met anybody yet who calls it also visitation dreams like me. Um, but what that experience is like and or what you typically hear about visitation dreams. Yeah, visitation dreams being, you know, visits often from loved ones, people you know that have passed, that left earth, died, <laughs> dimensionally shift, shifted, uh, and also pets as well. So I've had visits from, you know, family members and pets that have passed. And, you know, so you might have a visit from friends that have passed as well. And often the difference between a visit, like a visitation dream and a, you know, a quote unquote normal dream is often visitation dreams feel more normal. They feel more just like you're just hanging out, having a conversation. You know, there's not a bunch of things morphing around you like you know, can sometimes happen in dreams. It usually feels very real. Although you can have your, you, people can also visit you within your whimsical morphing dreams as well. It's, it's not limited to that, but often visitation dreams feel more real. Uh, most recent one I had was actually of a cat this is a few years ago, last visitation dream I had, was a cat named Tinka. And Tinka, I was there when Tinka left her physical form in that moment, in the moment she did. And it was beautiful. She just, re she reached out, stretched out her hand and her paw, and then the light left her eyes. And now fast forward, maybe a, many months later, I have a, a dream I'm in my kitchen and my kitchen looks the same as it does in the waking world. 
And, and that's what I mean by sometimes these visitation rooms are very just normal. And, and so I'm just in my kitchen and I see Tinka and I become lucid. So now I'm aware that I'm in a dream and I'm seeing Tinka. But then my curiosity wants to know, is this just a projection of Tinka? Or Tinka, is this really you here visiting? And so I, I looked down at her and I said, Tinka? Like with that kind of question, Tinka? Like, is that you? And she just looked up with her bright blue eyes, gray fur, and just nodded her head, yes, to confirm. That's so, so sweet. <laughs> yeah. And, and someone reached out to me today, too, that actually recently had um, some visitation dreams. And, and you can also, again, you know, if you want a visitation dream, you can just inwardly contact that person. And you may not hear a dialogue like you and I talking right now, but you might. It's possible. But just know that it is being heard. And if it's going to serve you, it's going to be in your highest good to have a visitation dream for one or to just remember the visitation dream, then you will. Sometimes for our own process, you know, we might want a visitation dream, but, but those loved ones can now see more clearly that, you know, at this time, the, a little bit of space is gonna be better for you. It's gonna be actually better for you right now to not remember this visitation right now, or it's gonna be better for you to remember this visitation right now. Whatever is gonna serve us best that we're gonna get. So. It's just you know, not getting frustrated if you're not getting the visitation dream. It doesn't mean they don't love you. Of course they do. But it's just what, whatever is going to serve you best is what we're always going to get. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it does seem like um, visitation dreams are for the highest good, regardless of for whom they're for. Um, I have also had visitation dreams from pets and they're always lovely and sweet no matter what um i've also had visitation dreams from complete strangers um and when i was a kid it was a little jarring because i didn't fully understand who that person you know i felt a little scared mm -hmm. um but at the time i had a cat in in real life and she'd come into the dreams with me she's very protective of me and so when I would hear a door open and I could just in the dream and like intuitively feel someone was entering my space, it's very real. I'm in my apartment. Everything looks the same. Um, she would go first. <laughs> it was very wow. sweet. Yeah, it was very sweet. Your, your dream guide. <laughs> she was my dream guide for a long time. And she was with me for like 19, 20 years. But um, yeah, ha having you know, complete strangers or spirits in the house that you're living in um, who need, you know, who might be having trouble and are coming to you to speak about something. Um, or, you know, having, you know, I've also had, I knew it was a visitation dream. I, you can just, you just know, you can just feel that someone's coming, you know, it's like a really strong nudge. And um, a, a car enters my driveway I don't recognize the car and I'm waiting for the person to come out. Um, and I always tell this story because it makes people giggle and it kind of connects them more to visitation dreams being real, but also lightens it a little. Um, and there was this big black truck in my, in my driveway and I was pretty hesitant. I walked about halfway down my yard and stopped and kind of peered over and out of the truck comes Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? 
And yeah. I was, I, I almost didn't recognize him because he was heavier. And um, he walked up and I said, do you need some help with something? And he said, yeah. And so we went inside of my house and again, everything was exactly the same in real life. It's amazing. And we sat down, we had a conversation because he had just done a movie about um, indigenous life and, and back in time when it was, you know, really dark. Um, and I think it brought all that knowledge up in him or something. Cause while he was in my house, my toilets were overflowing with sewage. And I remember looking around thinking, is that the energy he's bringing here? Right. That's what's mm -hmm. happening within him. And so we just had a quick conversation and I just needed to, to help him understand how to transmute that knowledge into like light or, or something healing. Um, and that was the end of the dream. <laughs> Dreams why. are so fun and unexpected. Very unexpected and humorous, you know, you out, of, out of, yeah, you, you can't predict that one. But um, I, you know, got really interested because I thought, oh, I kind of, I can follow this person a little bit because he's got some fame and he's on camera, da, 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 da. Uh, so I became curious and just kind of watched and then, he very quickly um, started doing all the really amazing things that he's been up to with like climate change and, you know, all the activism that he's been doing. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe that was a legit conversation where someone just needed a nudge in the right direction and, and got that. So visitation. Often those, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're doing so much more than we consciously realize. <laughs> I know it's a good example, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're very powerful, and and I I try to remind people that it's a good opportunity to remember like how connected we are, and that we all need support in different ways, and that we can really help each other. It doesn't have to be in waking life, and um, we're more connected than we than we realize. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and visitation dreams like, like, can can also be people that are still here on Earth. And I actually, I did have another uh, cat, Ochi, Ocho, Ochi for short. It's not really same syllables, but Ochi, <laughs> who just visited me last week, and he was a cat that I had in Hawaii, uh, who's now with with a dear friend, and um, so he's still here on Earth, and uh, he can't he visited me, and it was visitation. So it's not always someone that passed. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pinpointing that. I think that's really important yeah. too, to understand. It's, I try to tell people, you know, when they're feeling hesitant about trying to absorb that is, you know, when you are walking around during the day and all of a sudden you sense somebody you love really strongly and then your phone rings and it's them. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. similar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And once you have enough of those things happen, you realize it's not coincidence. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, is this um, a way that we can, you know, connect to our spirit guides more directly as well with these, this type of dreaming? Yeah, because often dream, the dream space can be like a safer container, safer space, a place where we feel safer to have that kind of experience. Because a lot of us would have found uh, for myself in the, in the beginning, as well as others I work with, is that a lot of times we're afraid of, like we are, we're excited to kind of connect with spirit guides in whatever forms they are, 
but there's also sometimes fear for some of us because it's it's a bit it's an unknown like are they gonna just show up in the middle of the night in my room and you know you know or, or am i gonna be frightened by it when it happens uh so in the dream space we feel it's just a little bit safer we feel safer and it is um and yes yeah, it's a nice place to have that introduction so if you haven't connected with your spirit guides yet consciously and you want to again you can set the intention hey loving spirit guides loving supportive spirit guides i would love to connect with you in my dreams and to remember the interaction mm-hmm. and from there it's like you we're get we're getting guidance whether you're actively connecting with them or not you're receiving guidance and you you can also get more guidance by having an invitation because they like to have an invitation versus impeding on our free will. So the more you invite this, the better. Um, something I like to add is that a lot of times when people talk about connecting with spirit guides or I talk about it, people say, oh, be careful. You might, you don't want to attract something negative. And that's why you notice what I said is, hey, loving, supportive spirit guides, I welcome your support. I would love to have an interaction with you and to remember that when I wake up. I'm just saying love and support of spirit guides. That intention alone is enough. And just know that that's fine. You are safe. You're only attracting your love and support of spirit guides. You're not attracting anything else. It's the fear itself and worry about that that is creating that frequency that will you know create that for us. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and with dreams too, sometimes uh, spirit guide dreams are, are a little different. Uh, sometimes I call them like DM dreams, like direct messages, just to play on like Instagram DM, but <laughs> direct message dreams. And that's where it's often a one-liner for myself and for others that have shared this experience. A one-liner dream where, you know, for example, you can only go up. It is yourself supporting yourself. You are the rock. I'm just sharing some real ones that I've had, one-liner dreams. It's time to go now. That was when I was going to Australia. Um, one-liner dreams and those were coming from spirit guides very direct and there wasn't a whole imagery or scene you know one of them i saw a flash of a face of a being Uh, the other ones were just just um just a voice in the dream time yeah Yeah. so you can invite in more direct dream time experiences like this as well Mm -hmm. um, when you connect with your spirit guides i also wonder you know in terms of spirit guides um like spirit animal guides, you know, I, all my life, I've dreamt of a pack of wolves. Uh, They return often. A lot of times in dreams, they're just perched watching me. Um, And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had a dream. I was walking through the forest with a big coat on. I had this big belly and um, I felt like I was being watched and all of a sudden there they were. And I felt nervous and I, thought well if I expose myself then they'll understand and they won't hurt me and so I got down on my knees and opened my coat wide so they could see I was in a fragile condition and and they circled me but then out of nowhere through the circle comes this big black wolf and he's very old and but he spoke in my language in a really deep voice and I just couldn't recall anything he said, but I had to trust it was in my subconscious and that's where it probably needed and was supposed to go. But it was a very powerful experience with, you know, animal spirits. That was powerful imagery you just said. That was like, wow, this is mind blowing imagery. Yeah. 
It really was. Yeah, I'll never forget it. These really powerful creatures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, spirit guide dreams. So for me, for my my personal definition of spirit guides, uh, a friend gave me this term, divine entourage. So for me, like spirit guides, your divine entourage, you know, it might be angelic realm beings, whatever you connect with. It might be spirit animals. It might be ET beings. It, like for me, those are all spirit guides. They're, you know, no matter what form they're taking on, or some of them have no form. You know, some mm-hmm. are just a, a consciousness. Yeah, I've more recently been hearing the term that I've actually never heard before uh, called the Galactic Federation of Light and how that federation is like the spirit guides for directly for the earth and this is very new to me but um i found that really interesting too just thinking for a minute like oh of course the earth would have its own guides just like we do right yeah and so it's, it's like the like for earth we have the united nations which is you know supposed to be the kind of overseeing body to organization to kind of maintain world peace that's a whole other story yeah we're not doing the great of it but we're, we're getting there we're getting there but that's the idea of the UN United Nations is to kind of oversee world peace in a sense yeah. uh, God's confederation is a zoomed out version of that <laughs> um, not that they're connected but it's the same concept galactic federation this large collection of various species throughout the galaxy that work together to uh, oversee and assist the various civilizations throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just it's like that. And just the same as there are rules that we have on Earth when it comes to interacting with uh, like an endangered species, like we want to protect them, like let's not interfere with their natural habitat. We, we set certain rules in place of how we can interact with them and how we, how we shouldn't interact with them. Mm-hmm. Same with advanced civilizations interacting with another civilization. They have rules that they follow that sure how much they can interact and how much they can't. And that's why I say set the intention. If you send an invitation inwardly to your guides, they're, more, they're going to show up more because they don't want to impede on their free will. And that's where they are allowed to. When they've got an invitation, they can start interacting with you. you know, they're not going to just land and, and change our government just just like that which we would be nice in my opinion but (laughs) that's not the it's not an empowered way to handle it you know if you spoon feed a baby or pick up a baby every single time it falls or every time it feeds you feeds you spoon feed it it's never going to learn to feed itself or stand on its own and that's uh, the same kind of things the galactic federation overseeing supporting us in a way that's empowering yeah I just kind of took a side away from dreams just now, but you know, but you can connect with these beings, the various spirit guides in your dreams. Yeah, I appreciate that explanation because it's just new to me. So I was having a hard time processing it fully because, you know, I also feel like through this pandemic, but also uh, in the past week or so, you know, I've heard different versions of this, how the veil is thin, how it's thinning, how it's, you know, very open and also um, sort of an openness or loosening in the magnetic field of the earth. There's all kinds of conversations happening, but I think all in all, I feel there's like a closeness to these other spirit guides or um, 
uh, entities that are much closer than than normal. And I had a client reach out who had a dream about, she said, Lemurians. Um, and I think she might have actually put out some intention before sleep. I need to confirm that. But I feel like she did because um, I was just listening to you describe that. Um, but they came in and she could see them sort of through this circular tunnel like light and she was hearing their light language but not able to translate it um, and she said it felt like loving and safe and she was just observing that and this is someone that has never had a dream like that before ever um, yeah i be, being a et contactee i guess you call it and also you know, very connected to the dream world i often have people that just are drawn to me to share these stories where like this person are having their first encounters with like ET type beings, extraterrestrials um, that are loving, supportive in their dream time and some reluctant to share because they're afraid of what people are going to think. Um, but then I can share my experiences and experiences of others and then we validate each other and we realize we're not crazy. We can trust this information and it's, it's, it's this type of contact with beings that are you know, supportive and highly intelligent technologically and spiritually advanced are written in ancient history throughout all cultures, all cultures, you know, things that ancient cultures were told by these beings about space that later NASA confirmed with their high powered telescopes to confirm that this information that they, these ancient cultures literally carved in stone 6,000 plus years ago, we're just validating it's that stuff now. Um, so things like that. And, and, and yeah, so again, spirit guides, ET, whatever you connect with, you can invite them to connect with you. And like you said, these things are showing up more more people are having these dreams in particular ET contact, uh, because they are here watching earth, supporting earth in that, in a gentle, empowering way. Mm -hmm. And and do you, you know, with your own work with these guides, do you feel like there's, um, besides the obvious reasons of the pandemic and the shifting that's happening, um, do you pick up on anything as to why they're, you know, closer than normal and um, people are really picking up on them? Yeah, it's been a, an accumulation over a number of years. So like, for example, the MUFON network, Mutual UFO Network, it's just a place where people can document sightings and they've seen an exponential increase over the years of sightings. So it's been increasing, increasing, increasing. Um, and it's also been shown up in the news. And I often do searches for these sightings to see what's catch, what, what's showing up in various news, like actual being broadcast on mainstream news. And it's, it's in there more often than we actually may see it. Um, it there's, it's quite often actually, you know, just, uh, a month or two ago now, losing track of time. But in the middle of this COVID thing, where the US Pentagon said that, hey, yeah, we, we researched these things and we're showing you real video of UFOs that are doing incredible things uh, that we know, that we don't know what they are and that we're taking them seriously. You know, they're, they, they realize or something. And so this was just during the middle of the COVID thing. However, they released that same footage two years ago. I, I tracked this stuff. December 2017, Pentagon had an Air Force pilot 
it was part of one of these videos they released. They released the videos, they confirmed they spend money, they had a black budget, they have a black budget, they spend money investigating UFOs. And that was two years, or 2017, in December. Now, just two months ago, they released it again. It's almost like it, not, it didn't catch enough attention. They wanted to re-release it. Huh. Although they just said just now, it was a funny thing. Although right now, when they just released it two months ago, they said this is the first official release. Totally discrediting the original December release. And it was the same footage. I saw that, so yeah. I was confused by that, why they did that. Like, That's so interesting. I'm not sure. But either way, it's showing up in the news more. And in even like U.S. government, for example, is now actually saying, yes, here's actual footage that we have. It's official footage of UFOs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh, cool. And the Air Force pilot who was originally on the air in 2017 and Fox and CNN also um, was on there in the last six months or so. Uh, and a Fox reporter asked, is it true to the Air Force guy? He said, is it true that the U.S. government has artifacts or pieces of extraterrestrial spacecrafts? And the Air Force pilot on TV said, yes, but that's all I can say for now. Mm -hmm. He answered yes to that. Yeah. So I like to share that little news piece. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, I find it, you know, for those people out there who would say, you know, that's so weird to think about that. I actually feel like it's weird to think that we're alone in such a incredibly vast, beautiful, intelligent, amazing universe. You know what I mean? In space, it's like if... If you really study it, if you really look at, just look at the imagery alone and, you know, pretty quickly, you're like, there's no way we're the only, you know. Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Is Yeah, if you look at ancient cultures, like, if, if you really look at it with an open mind, you'll see clearly that this isn't coincidence that these cultures separated by thousands of miles and even thousands of years are sharing the same stories and how they were taught by these visitors and, and also saying specifically where they came from, not just visitors from the sky, but specific star systems that they visited from. Mm -hmm. And for me, contact started happening, this connects to dreams, started happening in dreams. I had an open mind to them and a curiosity. And so I had that already, that inward invitation. And then I started having dreams of contact with these beings that were not human, uh, various species, um, various aquatic beings, kind of more gray looking beings, um, uh, more human looking beings, but not human, you know, different bone structures. And, and in those dreams, they were like visitation dreams. They were just more normal, very pretty normal in a sense. Uh, and I was being taught information, uh, practical information to help me with my, my daily life. Or sometimes I wouldn't remember the dreams, like the example you shared, where sometimes it's better for us just to have that in our subconscious. Mm -hmm. um, that's where it started. And then from there, after years of having these dreams, I decided, hey, I said inwardly, hey, spirit guides, I would love to see you. Actually, I refer to them as star family, specifically the ATs. Say, hey, star family, I would love to see you in my waking state. You know, clear mind, no drugs, no alcohol, which I don't do anyway, but just clear mind, awake. I want to see you to help ground it into my physical body and my human brain, which after all these crazy mystical experiences I've had after time can still doubt it because the world around me isn't supporting 
these experiences. It's easy. Was I making that up? Did I make it up those hundred times? You know, um, so so I invited that in, and eventually I did have some visitations. Now since 2018, I've had uh, 2014. Um, I had my first visit uh, in the waking state. It was a, a sphere uh, showed up outside of my house, and then since then, 2018, 2019, I had uh, seven visits, and these are all waking state visits, not dreams. These are outside, in mostly at my house although a visit in Bali and a visit here in Thailand as, as well. Wow. So and in, in the dreams that you were having, were they sharing any messages or information? It was just like a awareness and a sight instead. Uh, there was a billion, like I said, some, some, sometimes I remember and sometimes I didn't, okay. but it would, it would be teaching just like practical wisdom. And often, often they were one-liners, or at least a one-liner that I would take away from it often. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and one of them was actually guidance to go travel to a specific place in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fascinating. And I just feel like it can only support us to move away from such narrowness you know i do feel like there's a lot of narrowness too simultaneously in this current time we're in and it, it's it's kind of like a denser consciousness it can be kind of you know difficult to to listen to or face or even difficult to have conversations with folks that are really in that kind of denser place um but i think the experiences that you can have you know can't you can't really replace that with a conversation. Like if, you know, people that can just, you know, widen a little bit more, you know, widen their perspective a little bit more, they can allow these, this information in and these experiences in, and it really is, you know, life changing and can help you see the whole world and, and the planet and the solar system and the universe in such a different way. And it, it's, you know, I, I really feel at the root of all of the, the struggle that's happening right now is a loss of belonging, loss of the sense of belonging. And, but when we're able to allow these messages and dreams and experiences in, it brings that sense of belonging back. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And with that said, I would just like encourage anyone that has a desire to connect to your dreams more, to connect with spirit guides, uh, to have an open mind, open heart, and a curiosity, um, and to invite that in, and to know that you're only inviting in loving, supportive experiences, loving, supportive spirit guides, and just watch what unfolds when you set that intention, when you make that connection. You're going to start to see things show up more and more synchronicities happening. You're going to start to see that guidance more. Mm -hmm. And so could you... Um... With that, could you tell us a little bit more about your current offering, this um, four-week master class? And, you know, people are listening to you and suddenly really feel like, you know, really interested in working with you. Um, you're currently offering this now, right? Yeah. So at the time of recording this, I have one starting in a couple days. However, uh, in a month or a month and a half or so, uh, probably every couple months, I'll have one of these running, this four-week program. So if you just check on my Instagram or my website, you'll see when the next one is, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, but how that works is, you know, four-week group 
Dreamtime Masterclass, which I call my course the Get Woke in Your Dreamtime Masterclass. And in that, we meet, we, we have audio materials, so audio modules or lessons, uh, which you do that on your own time. And then at the end of the week, we meet and discuss those modules and answer questions and go deeper into them. So we have one weekly live class. And then in weeks two and three, um, that's by that point you've done the interpretation section. So in weeks two and three, we have four or five dream circles each week on top of the live classes. And those dream circles are, you, know, you can show up to whichever, as many of them as you want. But I'm gonna hold, I hold regular dream circles for the group that's going through that group together. And we share dreams, get help each other interpret dreams, and uh, you get to practice interpreting. We're frozen here for a minute. Hang on, everybody. Let's see if Eric will pop back on here. Person, place, or game. Okay. And so instead of looking up a dream symbol online or using a dream dictionary, I want to encourage you to stop doing that altogether and to tune into yourself and look at whatever person, place, or thing is in your dream and just reflect on what that person, place, or thing represents to you. What did the lion in my dream represent to me? What do lions represent to me? What does that friend represent to me when I think of them? So you start asking these questions and write out your answers in your journal. You know, the things that could come to mind when you think about the things in your dream, what they represent to you. And because they're reflecting aspects of yourself. And then you reflect on the thoughts and feelings you had. You know, what thoughts and feelings did I have in the dream? So when you put together those pieces of what did these things in my dreams represent to me and what feelings that I had, that'll paint a picture for you of what that's connecting to in your waking life. And now you've got your, you've got the wisdom to work with, the, the message. And so that's why the purpose of this course is to teach you this approach to dream interpretation that's a self-empowered, intuitive dream interpretation first looking up symbols online. Uh, and one quick example of that is, uh, for example, a lion dream can, uh, or a dream of anything can mean something different for so many different people. Um, let's just say, you know, person A is a man who, who grew up in the jungle where tigers, let's say tigers, tigers are a real daily threat. And he's had members of his tribe taken away by tigers because they live in the jungle and there's tigers. And if you go out past sunset, you have to go in a group and just be alert of your surroundings. And, and so for that person, tigers may represent danger and fear and worry. Uh, person B, maybe she had the, the blessings to grow up with parents who, who owned a lion sanctuary where they rescued lions and raised them. And so she got to actually literally cuddle lions growing up. So for her, lions may represent gentleness, love, power, her inner power, her inner, yeah, her inner power. And then for person C, like most of us, we've only seen lions or tigers in zoos and on TV. And so we could have endless interpretations of what tigers and, you know, may represent to us. So that just gives you an idea how when you a symbol online in a book, um, it can mean so much more for you. And to, to just, just start practicing tuning into yourself. And when you practice that and just discipline yourself to not look up the symbol, just trust what you feel for yourself, that's also simultaneously strengthening your intuition. Yeah, beautiful. That's, yeah, 
Exactly. <laughs> so that's the core week program. Yeah, we, we go into a lot of topics. We go into a lot. It's not just interpretation. It's, we, we go into a lot of different things. You know, there's a section on intuition, section on manifestation, uh, because it's all part of the dream. Yeah, amazing. Uh, one of my favorite uh, modules is the waking dream. And, and that's where we take everything we learned about the sleeping dream world, and now how can we apply that to the waking dream world? And you start to see how the, the two are very, very similar. <laughs> There's yeah. not a whole lot of difference once you start to dive into the dream world more. Yeah, it sounds incredible. Yeah, and so you offered um, my viewers or listeners a coupon for this class I saw. Yeah, so at the time you're listening to this or whenever the next uh, upcoming live group course is, uh, you can get half off for listening to this here. And it's um, put that in the show notes, but I'll say it out loud too. Uh, the, the code, which you can find again, linked on my Instagram, which you'll see in the show notes. I imagine, right? Is that mm -hmm. right? Of course. Or my, or my website. And that'll be um, dreams222. So it's dreams with an S and then 222. That'll give you 50% off at the checkout. And it'd be an honor to have you. It's a lot of fun. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. So um, how can people find you on your social media and on your website? And what are the links for that? Okay, so Instagram is at underscore soul underscore dreamers with an S. So underscore soul underscore dreamers with an S. And then my website link is always on there as well, but that's soul-dreamers.com. And I saw you had a blog on your website too. Is that just some, like some additional supportive information that you offer? Yeah, I've got a few things there. Um, haven't been super active with that. I'm mostly active with Instagram and sharing okay. videos and content there, um, okay, inspiration great. there. Yep, yeah, but there is a blog with a couple of things on there. Perfect. A little video on premonition dreams is one that people really like. Great, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you reached out into the ether and found me. <laughs> Definitely, you know, it's just following that impulse. Yeah. That impulse. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for following that. It's definitely divine timing. Um, I have a lot of people reaching out right now about dream work and, and needing support. So this is a beautiful way to offer them uh, some tools and to connect them with you. And I know it will be so helpful. So I really appreciate having this wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Indeed. Yeah, me too. And, and, and just to, Add to that, you know, some people aren't comfortable or prefer not to work in groups if they're doing some of this deep transformative work. And, and so for that, you know, the, the, the modules are, are recorded. So you wouldn't, it'd be okay you know, to sign up and just do the four weeks on your own and get the recordings of the group calls. Uh, and there's also private sessions available as well. But yeah, it's been a really honor to chat with you. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks for having me on here. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks for um, making a note on that too. Because I have noticed there are folks that are just feeling really fragile and, and needing a very um, safe space to share. So I appreciate that. All welcome. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dreaming in the Hollow podcast and supporting my mission to bring more light and healing into the world, more accessibility and education on complementary medicinals, and topics on healing and support for the journey. 
Head over to mountainhollowmedicinals.com to learn more about me and what I offer here in the northern woods in Vermont. Make sure to stop over at patreon.com slash mountainhollow and subscribe for just $2 a month to receive offerings and gifts from our guests of the podcast, um, tarot readings and meditations and support directly from me. Right now, there are over 58 offerings on our Patreon page. Becoming a subscriber to our Patreon page directly supports this business and just offering more and more to our community. Check out the information in the show notes to learn more about the guests on our podcast and any other resources I might share with you. Thank you all. Deep gratitude from my heart to yours. Be well. Thank you.